Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Today's episode is very special. We're going to continue talking about the draft and this whole process that's going on. It is approaching very closely here. We're a couple weeks out. I'm really excited to see it and see where some of these players end up because obviously you can do all the rankings in the world. You can project as many people as you want, but so much of this process is all about situation, where these players land and how they fit into their certain schemes, uh, how their coaching staff uses them, all that type of stuff. So I can do all these rankings all I want, but again, it really doesn't matter until it comes down to where they land, how they play, and yeah, we can project all we want. But regardless, today's episode, I'm going to be going over my top five linebackers, some guys that just got left out. Um, I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit of a controversy in that ranking, so you're going to want to be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, I am a little bit lower on a guy that some people have as their linebacker one. Um Obviously not going to spoil it yet, but I have a feeling you guys have a good idea of who I might be talking about. I'm going to quickly talk about running backs, and then I'm going to break down Peter Schrager's first mock draft of this offseason. Peter Schrager, if you don't know, he's an NFL insider. He's also an analyst, and he is a partial co-host, I guess is what you could call it, for Good Morning Football. So point is, he knows a lot about the league. He hears a lot of rumors. He knows um, he's got ins with all types of GMs, coaches, owners, all that type of stuff. So his words definitely carry a lot of weight to them. So I'm going to break that down, react to it. Um, And I'm probably going to go through every pick in the first round. I think it's only a one round mock draft. So I'll spend a little more time on some picks, a little less on others. But without any further ado, let's get into my linebacker rankings. Let's just, we're going to go from five to one and then mention a couple guys that were just left out. So at number five, I have Leo Chanel, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Um, He's not the athlete as some of these, the same athlete as some of these other guys I'm going to talk about. But I mean, this guy is a fucking rock. He is strong as a hell. He is basically the opposite of someone like N'Kobe Dean, where he's not going to be very good in coverage and maybe doesn't have the most fluid hips going sideline to sideline. He can get like caught up in misdirection a little bit, but he's excellent at shedding blocks and stopping the run. Um, if he's not shedding blocks, he's straight up just running right through them. He's, he's still an explosive athlete. Um, and I think his sideline to sideline movements can be improved. Uh, his play recognition definitely is not polished, but again, he's just strong as a freaking bull there was he was playing tyler lindebaum this year and tyler lindebaum who's one of the best just a road grader in the run game uh had a hard time moving him he is just strong as an ox he's got really good hands um and i think he does need a little more refining but as far as you know run stopping linebackers he is just as good as they come and i feel like if he again it's all these rankings Take them all with a grain of salt because if he, if any of these players end up in the right scheme, I think they could just be dangerous as hell. I think if a guy like Leo Chanel ends up on a team like the Patriots, he is just going to be a nightmare for teams to face. And I feel like if they coach up, um, you know, because sometimes he'll take like a step or two too early in the wrong direction. That's really why that misdirection gets him. Um, if Belichick can get his hands on him and really get in this guy's head, this guy can be extremely good. Again, he is probably the strongest linebacker out of this entire group. He is just so good against the run, so good against blocks. And I really, really liked what I saw from him on film. At number four, I have Christian Harris, the linebacker out of Alabama. He really does have ideal 
size and athleticism for modern linebackers. He ran in the 4-4s at 6'2", 232 pounds. He works sideline to sideline very well. He's a very instinctual blitzer. And even though he may lack some play recognition as some of these other guys that are ahead of him, um, there's still many times he's step for step or faster than a lot of the running backs he's chasing down and again that's that's in the sec where these running backs are ridiculous um some of the talent is just you know it's the best conference in football uh for college football that's not controversial to say at all it is the sec he was a three-year starter there at alabama um he played some of his best moments in the national championship game and in the playoffs for the national championship game so Lance Zerline of the NFL media compared this guy to Devondre Campbell, and Devondre Campbell was obviously an all-pro last year. He was a tackling machine, and if you're being compared to that, I mean, that's a very good comparison to have. Uh, Christian Harris is going to be a very good linebacker. He's got a very, very solid floor, in my opinion, and I really like what I saw from him on tape. But again, um, just take all these rankings with a grain of salt because I really like the ceiling, guys. Everyone grades a little bit differently. I really am looking for tools. Um, I'm not so much looking for like polished instincts and day one starter when I'm ranking these guys. I'm more looking who has the highest ceiling. So again, I think Christian Harris is a very, very high floor, but I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as the three guys above him. So number three, this is where I think we're going to get a little bit controversial here. Number three, I have Nakobe Dean. Uh, he was awarded the Butkus Award last year, which is given to the best linebacker in the country, uh, obviously coming out of Georgia and not surprising to say I'm not as high on most people as Dean or whoa I'm not as high on Dean as most people I completely phrase that totally weirdly a lot of people have him as their linebacker one in this draft but I just see a bunch of flaws in his game um, outside of his sideline to sideline speed and play recognition which is a lot better than some of these other guys uh, just he lacks some physical tools and that just again that really brings his ceiling down compared to these two guys above him uh, he's just got really short arms he can't get off blocks very well and I don't really see that changing given his size and his arm length that's just something you can't coach you can't really you know grow a guy's arms you can't really ask a guy to put on a ton of weight and even if he does put a ton of weight it might change the way he moves it might change his fluidity and that's really like the strength in his game um he's got some eric kendricks to him in the way that he can blitz and uh, really just like shoot up fields and be a lot quicker than other people but i don't really think he has the same fluidity or even quickness for that matter as eric kendricks so again Eric was an all-pro not too long ago because of his coverage skills. Nakobe has a similar skill set to that. But I really think a lot of his success at Georgia came from who was playing around him. Uh, there was just so much to worry about on that defense. And with those huge, massive motherfuckers on the front of their line, uh, it really just gave him a lot of power and ability to not really get caught up in blocks because you know J jordan davis was on the field at the same time Devonte wyatt uh never mind the fact those edge guys they're just trayvon walker the next guy uh, why am i forgetting his name um that's supposed to be a top five pick next year regardless you know what i'm saying there was so much talent around him they were so focused on that front four that i really think that helped out and um again he just can't shed blocks very well he's a little undersized don't get me wrong, he's still my number three linebacker. I obviously still like him a lot. Again, it's just, I feel like these two guys above him, their ceilings are just higher. Um, Nakobe is going to be a great NFL player. And again, if he ends up in the right system, I think it's going to be a great, he's going to have a great career. He's going to have a great career. I'll just say that. My number two guy, and again, this is probably going to be controversial. I don't even know how many of you guys have heard of him, but um, 
Reese Bigelow, if you're listening to this, my man, you put me on this guy. He is a freak. I'm talking about Troy Anderson, linebacker from Montana State. This guy has all the tools of being a great linebacker. I mean, he is long, he is fast, he is strong as hell. Some criticize him for not playing against the best competition, and that was definitely one of the criticisms I had when I first started watching his tape. But goddamn, his numbers do not lie. Not only was he the best player in every single game he played in, but he tested extremely well for his size. He ran a 4'4", 240 at 6'3", 240 pounds. That is just freakish. He has really long arms. Um, and he's got a quarterback and running back background, which for me is an absolute plus because I really think that can help him with play recognition. That's something he's struggling with a little bit so far. But again, that's very coachable. You can coach players into recognizing plays. It's a lot harder. You can't Again, and then back to the Nakobe Dean example, you can't coach a player to get longer arms. This guy has long arms. He has the speed. Um, he's got the background in quarterback and running back. So I really like that. And <clears throat> it's a really good thing to have going for you. Excuse me. I'm going to have a drink of water really quick. Oh, good shit. Um, also, his technique isn't great. But again, I just, I see tools and I see that I'm drooling over this guy over his tools. I really am. And even if his technique isn't great, that's coachable. That is very coachable and easy to, I mean, not easy to fix, but that's fixable. You know what I mean? There's a solution to that problem. Um, and if you've been listening to my pod for the past few episodes, you know, I prefer tools over everything. And this guy again has all the tools. So to no surprise, and I really don't have to explain this in too much detail. Devin Lloyd is my number one linebacker. I mean, Again, what what else is there really to say? He's been compared to Fred Warner. Maybe he didn't test as well as some might have hoped, but I mean, this guy did it all for Utah. He is, again, he's long, he's strong. He's got some of the best play recognition out of any one of these guys. He can cover, he can even rush the passer. I mean, this dude does it all. He was a great leader for that Utah team. I think he's absolutely deserve it of being the first linebacker taken off the board, basically regardless of what scheme or what team he goes to, because I think he's just that versatile. Um, I think he's that good of a player, and I think he is pretty much by far and away the best linebacker in this draft. Um, I don't really like comparing him to N'Kobe Dean or a lot of these other guys because he's just a lot different. Um, but, I mean, he's got better size. He maybe isn't as quick or extinctual, but, I mean, come on. he's he, He's got it all. He did it all for Utah. He's going to do it all in the, in the NFL, and he's going to be a very, very good player for a long time. Some guys that were just left out include Quay Walker and Chad Muma. Quay Walker's kind of got... The same issues as Nicobe Dean for me. Obviously, they're very different players, but I mean, with so much talent around you, it's just like it feels like it really helped him out, especially at the linebacker position, because there's just so much more space for them to work with. And um, yeah, so that's why he's le barely left out. Chad Muma, another guy that's just barely left out. I know a lot of people are really high on him. I really liked him. I really do, but just these these five guys were you know just better than him that's that's all i can say and i'm not saying he's not going to be a good nfl player i'm very excited to see what he does and a lot of people are very high on him so remember the name chad muma because i have a feeling he's going to get some hype just before the draft process as far as running backs go honestly i was going to rank these guys but the more i think about it and this is kind of just a, a quick split decision i really don't want to um because again i think first off this might be the deepest position in the draft i think there's whoa whoa i don't know if you guys heard that but my dogs just thought they saw something uh anyways whoa where was i oh yeah i don't even want to rank these guys because again might be the dip deepest position in the draft there are so many goddamn talented running backs in this draft and 
it's just it all depends on what flavor you want. It all depends on where these guys land. Obviously, there's some guys that are better than others. I think Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are kind of like 1A and 1B for me. Those guys can do everything. We haven't seen Kenneth catch the ball too much, but man, he's a freak fucking athlete. I see a lot of Javante Williams in him. Uh, Brees Hall is kind of, honestly, he's kind of like a faster David Montgomery coming out of Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Excuse me. Um, he can just do it all for you. Uh, maybe he doesn't have quite the breakaway speed, speed as Kenneth Walker has, but both these guys are going to be damn good NFL players. And I think if you're just a running back away, I don't like taking running backs in the first round. I just don't like the value of that position. But I think they're going to be like early to mid second round picks. And they're going to be extremely effective in the NFL. And they're definitely going to be talked about once fantasy season rolls around. Some other guys on the board that I'm going to be talking about in the next few episodes, most likely, but I'm not really, again, I'm not going to get into detail about it here because there's just so many guys and they're all so good. Uh, Damian Pierce of Florida, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, Brian Robinson, Alabama, Kyron Williams, Notre Dame, um, just so many guys and I'm really excited about all of them. So let's jump straight into Peter Schrager. Actually, before I get into that, I just want to mention I'm... Next week, I'm going to be going over defensive tackles, uh, safeties, and interior offensive linemen. I'll probably deep dive on the running backs a little more. I just couldn't quite watch as much film as I wanted to for those guys, so I felt like I wasn't really ready to rank them. I really spent a lot of time on the linebackers this week. I kind of got carried away, can't lie. I also um, have just been a little busy in my personal life, so didn't really have as much time to dive into the film as I would have wanted to. Regardless, let me know what you guys think of those linebacker rankings, and sorry for being a little bit unoriginal and having to just you know rely on somebody else's mock draft, but I really felt like it was important to talk about, especially because of how I don't want to say like influential Peter is, but how uh, well connected to the NFL world Peter Schrager is. So again, his words mean a lot. And let's, without further ado, let's get into his mock draft. I'm not going to overdo the first two picks. He's got Aiden Hutchinson number one overall. Not surprising at all. Uh, best prospect in this draft. Number two, this is where stuff might get a little bit controversial. I don't really know. It depends on how you perceive this guy's interviews because uh, a lot of people think that he's just killing his draft stock. Um, a lot of people think he just needs to shut up in interviews and not say as much as he's smart or not say as much as he said, excuse me. I just read smart and then said, said, um, either way it's Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge out of Oregon. He's been on the record of saying, uh, some rather suspect things. Uh, I don't really think any of it is too much to make a big deal out of. I mean, he said he chose Oregon over Alabama because he didn't want to be, you know, just the championship guy. He wanted to be, you know, there's a business behind this all. And he went to Oregon with for their connection for Nike, which, shit, I mean, I can completely understand. That's why I went to Oregon in the first place. Obviously, it didn't work out. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I completely understand that, so I can't really get on his ass for that. But the quote that he said, a coach pretty much can't tell me anything that I don't already know, that's a really bad look, and that's the exact opposite of what these coaches want to hear. They want guys to be coachable, and, whoa, and, sorry, <laughs> keep hearing barking, and it's just, it's it's a really bad look. Um, I That would scare me if I was, if I was a coach, and I heard that quote, um, that is just 
the opposite of what I want to hear, especially in a young player that they haven't even taken a snap in the NFL and he's saying he already knows everything there is to know. Um, that is, There's a difference between confidence and, yeah, clearly this guy's confidence hell and cockiness. That line just came off as complete cockiness. I really didn't like that. Um, regardless, his talent does speak for himself. And I still think that there's absolutely a place for the NFL. Don't get me, don't even get me wrong. This guy is a phenomenal talent. He's going to be a very productive NFL player. But you need to be coachable. You need to be malleable. And especially when, if he's going to be the number two overall pick and he's going to the Detroit Lions, they're going to be shit. Like, sure, they might be making steps in the right direction, but you can't let that bring you down. You can't. Uh, he hasn't done anything in the NFL. You can't go into a locker room and just immediately say, I'm the best player on the field. I know everything there is to know. That's just, it's, it's again, it's, it doesn't sound good. It, it's not a good look. And I hope it doesn't affect his draft stock because he's a damn good player. And I hope that he can, you know, learn a little bit of humility. And I don't know. I just, me personally, I, I hate when people are cocky. It's like one of my biggest fucking like, no, just don't do it. I, I, I love confidence. If you're confident and you can back it up and you can talk all the shit in the world, that's awesome. But the problem is the second your play dips, the smallest, tiniest bit, you're giving all these people a reason to hate on you. You're giving all these people reasons to tear you down because you were just talking all that shit. It's the same reason why Richard Sherman got absolutely burned in the Super Bowl when Sammy Watkins had that route on him, kind of twisted him up, and then they ended up losing the game. And then... Richard Sherman was trending on Twitter. It's the same type of thing. The second Kayvon Thibodeau isn't as effective as he's saying he's going to be or doesn't live up to the hype, then he's going to get hated for it, and it's pretty much entirely on him. He's not going into this process being humble at all, and it's a bad look. I just simply hate when players do that. Be humble, man. Someone needs to get in this young man's ear and tell him to shut the hell up because he's hurting his stock right now. And... If he goes number two overall, I will not be surprised. I think he's very much worthy of being the number two overall pick, but he needs to learn a bit, little bit of humility, and that's the end of my Kayvon Thibodeau rant. Number three, the Texans are going Evan Neal in this one. Again, not a surprising pick. Uh, just a very, very solid player. Going to be a franchise left tackle for a long time to come. Or left, or right tackle, if they want to put him there. Uh, he's got a lot of versatility. Very good pick for the Houston Texans. Not a lot of surprises there. Number four, the New York Jets get the best DB in this year's draft. Or meh, maybe second best, but it's arguable. I think a lot of people are considering him the best, especially after his combine performance where he, you know, ran very well uh had very good size very very good measurables this is Ahmad sauce gardner cincinnati cornerback uh yeah what is i mean again there's really not much else to say he is the best cornerback in this draft he is a lockdown uh we all know he didn't allow a touchdown in college this would be a great fit for robert sala in this scheme and yeah i mean i don't think number four is too high to take this guy at all i think this is a great pick i would however think that they might lean a little bit more towards Iki Aquanu just for that zone scheme and this run game and what they're trying to do and build around Zach Wilson. Um, but again, Sauce Gardner, Iki Aquanu, you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. And uh, again, in Robert Sala's scheme, it's a great pick here. Number five, this is where Iki Aquanu goes. Again, just a great pick. He's he's He can play guard or tackle. I think they'd probably put him 
over at left tackle um, opposite of Andrew Thomas and have your two tackles of the future protecting Daniel Jones. It's a very good pick. Can't, you know, no complaints there. Number six, we've got Kenny Pickett going to the Carolina Panthers. Although it's not what I would do here, I completely understand where Schrager is coming from. And again, this is mock drafts aren't supposed to be always like what I would do or what the person making them would do. It's it that can also be about what we think the teams are going to do. And we know there's a very, very big connection between Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and Kenny Pickett. He was trying to recruit him when Matt Rule was coaching at Temple. We know there's a connection between the owner of the Carolina Panthers who went to Pitt and uh, I think I believe his name is David Tepper, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a University of Pittsburgh graduate who uh, obviously is still well-connected to the school. And Kenny Pickett <laughs> went to Pittsburgh, no surprise. Um, so I think that given you know the panthers recent quarterback uh what's woes i guess um quarterback is definitely a spot especially if matt rule and their gm who i cannot remember his name right now want to have their job next year quarterback is a very definite place to go and again kenny pick has been called the most nfl ready QB in this draft process I don't necessarily think that um and I, again it's not a very good value to grab a guy like Kenny Pickett at six but when you're as desperate as Matt Rule is and there's all the connections uh Kenny Pickett is a pick that absolutely makes sense number seven I've got Trayvon I don't have Peter I don't know why I said I Trayvon Walker uh to the New York Giants at number seven the yeah this I mean not again just not not surprising this guy blew it out of the water at the combine uh he has a lot of potential to turn into a very good pass rusher um i think i'd prefer jermaine johnson just a little bit here but again you can't deny the tools um giants add icky aquanu trayvon walker on both sides of their lines and yeah, I mean, that's good team building right there. I would not blame him at all for doing this. Number eight, this is where Jermaine Johnson goes. Uh, this is, again, kind of, I think Schrager even said it in his article here. This is a best player available type of pick. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's going to be a very good edge rusher in the NFL for a long time. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they're not going with a, like a Malik Willis here or someone like that. I think in the draft, they're more likely to do that. Malik has that. He's from Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> excuse me if i'm not mistaken so that connection is there and i just this this falcons team is going to be in a very long rebuild if they don't get their quarterback this year but you never know jermaine johnson's a very good edge rusher uh, the pick still makes sense number nine peter schreger has the seattle seahawks taking charles cross again kind of could see a quarterback going off here but the quarterbacks like in general this quarterback class is just so weak that i really just don't like taking almost any of them top 10 um obviously quarterback is such an important position and it might just force those players to go top 10 and this is definitely a situation where i could see let's say kenny pickett actually goes six let's say the falcons take um malik willis nine or eight and then nine i think the seahawks either take a guy like corral howell or Ritter I would go Ritter in that spot um obviously he's got a lot of flaws to his game as as do the rest of these guys but you know me I like my toolsy guys um Seattle is definitely in a rebuild it's not like they're going to be good next year they're not expecting to be good next year so I would take a guy like Ritter there but Charles Cross it gives you a tackle for the future uh hopefully sets up a decent offensive line for when your next quarterback comes in whoever it may be 
or you know just there to protect Noah Fant, or uh, not Noah Fant. Um, why am I forgetting this guy's name? Uh, 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 Jesus, the guy from Denver, uh, Drew Locke. There we go. Or just get yourself a tackle to protect Drew Locke and your your future after Drew Locke, who. I'm almost certain that Drew Locke is not going to end up being their franchise quarterback. So, again, the pick makes sense here. Number 10, first wide receiver taken off the board. We've got Jamison Williams going to the New York Jets. Um, I mean, this is, again, this speaks volumes. Because, again, Peter Schrager is very well connected. I wouldn't expect Jamison Williams to be the first receiver taken off the board, mostly because of his ACL injury. But, I mean, it completely makes sense. This dude has game-breaking speed. He was extremely dominant at the college NFL level. He's going to be a true wide receiver one at the next level. He is just electric. He can take the top off the defense. He can take any fucking play at any time to the house. He is a goddamn great wide receiver. And, again, not a whole lot of surprises here. Him and Elijah Moore kind of have similar skill sets. I would like a guy like Drake London a little bit more here to match with Zach Wilson because I think he's, you know, got a very different skill set from Elijah Moore, and I think he matches Zach Wilson's skill set pretty well. Um, but Jameson Williams is a can't-miss prospect, and this would not be a bad pick at all. At number 11, the slide of Kyle Hamilton stops at the Washington Commanders. Um, again, th- not a bad pick at all. Kyle Hamilton's a very, very solid player. Um, he's smart, he's competitive, he's a great leader, and he immediately just makes a great contribution to the defense that is the commanders, um, and their big ass front in front of him. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's got it all. We know how good Kyle Hamilton is. This would just be one of those, it'd probably be like one of those best player available type picks. Um, and I wouldn't blame him at all. I, again, if, Jameson Williams actually goes 10 and Drake London still available at 11. I think I'd prefer that pick just a little bit more uh, simply because again, I think Drake London is very similar receiver to Michael Pittman, if not even higher of a ceiling. And I think that that would pair with Carson Wentz's skill set very well. Next number 12, the Minnesota Vikings are taking Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah, this, this completely makes sense. There's the LSU connection of uh, him and Patrick Peterson playing together. Um, and then obviously Justin Jefferson is there, but beyond that, the Minnesota Vikings have, (laughs) I feel like they've taken corner in the first round, the last like four drafts. And if it's not working, just keep trying, just keep scratching off those lottery tickets. Um, I feel like it'd be a good fit in their scheme and just a very good player. If you're getting freshman year, Derek Stingley, this is possibly the best player in the draft. So good pick there at number 13. We've got, I think this is a trade, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, yeah, from Cleveland. So he's mocking a trade. The Houston Texans moving up and getting the first linebacker off the board, Devin Lloyd. Uh, He is, yeah, I mean, he would be a centerpiece in their defense for years to come. This would be a great pickup for the Texans. I just talked about Devin Lloyd extensively and how good he is. So this would be a great pick for him. At number 14, we have Trevor Penning of Northern Iowa going to the Baltimore Ravens. I really like this projection because he is this guy is just nasty i already talked about this guy in my last episode but his goal is literally to piss the defensive end across from him off he is just 
a mauler and <laughs> he wants people to hate him so for the baltimore ravens i think that's a really good culture fit uh, he also has a little bit of versatility he can play tackle or guard and it gives more protection to lamar jackson he can do very well defending or excuse me um run blocking as well so i really like that fit there number 15 the philadelphia eagles take drake london I'd be pretty surprised if he falls this far, not going to lie. But again, to match with the skill set of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, some of their smaller receivers, I really think this would be a great fit because they're just completely different receivers. Uh, Drake London's more of that, you know, throw it up to him 50-50, you know, just come down with the ball. Just we need a catch right now on third and six. Just throw it up to Drake. Devontae Smith's more of that possession slot guy, shifty, can't really get your hands on him. Um, and they both can make huge plays. So I, again, excuse me, I really like this pick. And even though they'd be three years in a row, I think it'd be, you know, taking receivers. You can almost never have enough receivers, especially with how the NFL is playing. And I think it would really help develop Jalen Hurts. I think it'd be a great fit for him too. And I think he would greatly appreciate if they took such a dominant receiver like Drake London. At number 16, Peter Schreger has the New Orleans Saints taking, and this is one of their picks they got from that Philadelphia trade. I think this is the first one of those. Uh, he has the New Orleans Saints taking Garrett Wilson. Again, just this would be a great pick here. Um, he is an Ohio State guy. Michael Thomas is an Ohio State guy. Uh, that would be a good, you know, talking point there, I guess. A <laughs> good connection. There's a connection. You know what I'm trying to say. And they need receivers desperately. Garrett Wilson's possibly the most complete receiver in this entire draft. He's NFL ready immediately. And he's going to help out Jameis Winston a lot. I really like this fit. Number 17. This is possibly my favorite pick of this entire draft. Um, because the fit would just be fucking awesome. Can you imagine seeing Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver, playing with Justin Herbert? That would be so electric. So fun. Chris Olave is silky smooth route runner he's extremely fast very fluid hips uh can take the top off your defense at any time can he's he can break the ankles of dbs he can run right by dbs him keenan allen mike williams god damn this would be so fun and talk about value i mean 17 for chris olave this would be just i want this to happen so bad i seriously am rooting for this obviously if he can't end up to my bears which there's no fucking way he falls that far this would be the second best case scenario and i just chris olave and justin herbert would be so goddamn good together because we saw how good justin herbert can be in terms of timing and you know with route runners like keenan allen chris olave is an elite route runner if they can get their timing down, oh my god, this would be so fun. I would so be here for it. At number 18, the Philadelphia Eagles' second pick, it's going to be Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. Again, just a good value pick. Uh, Trent McDuffie, very, very solid. I think he's a better safety than he is corner at the next level, but regardless, this, is, this dude's got all the tools. You can always use more corners. Um, Eagles add two very, very good skill position players. Number 19, the New Orleans Saints stop the fall of Jordan Davis. Again, just a really like pick, uh, a really likable pick, excuse me. I really like this fit in Dallas, Dennis Allen's defense. Um, he was a combine superstar, and he 
is just a freak of nature, as we all know. He's very good at stopping the run. Still has a little bit of improvement to do of rushing the passer, but pairing him with Marcus Davenport and Jordan and Cameron Jordan would make a whole lot of sense. At number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking Malik Willis. I would be surprised if he was here at this point, and not because he is, you know, some generational talent and, you know, he can't miss prospect or whatever. He still is my quarterback number one. Um, but, I mean, if he is here, I absolutely believe the Steelers would take him. I've heard a ton from different sources that the Steelers absolutely love him. And you can let him sit for a little bit behind Mitchell Trubisky if you want to do that. Um, I don't think they're necessarily all in on him, if you know what I mean. They signed him to a two-year, very cheap deal, so they can basically pull him whenever they want and get Malik in there. But I think letting Malik sit behind him and just letting him adjust and learn to the fast-paced NFL offense and especially because he played at such a simple NFL offense or excuse me such a simple college offense at Liberty I think it'd be a great fit for him and Mike Tomlin would absolutely coach him up it again just a great fit number 21 is kind of a boring pick very New England Patriots type pick uh we got Zion Johnson Boston College interior offensive lineman. He's got a lot of versatility on the offensive line, which I think Bill Belichick will like a lot. He's also pretty much an instant replacement for Shaq Mason. So I really think that's why this this is being mocked this way. And definitely, again, it's not a sexy pick. It's not flashy at all, but it, it'd be smart. Um, it's a good fit. And I think the Patriots would like him a lot. Number 22, the Packers taking Traylon Burks. Arkansas wide receiver. Um, Traylon has amazing ball skills. He did it all for Arkansas. And um, I mean, Rodgers needs weapons. With Devontae Adams gone, he absolutely needs weapons. Uh, I would love to see them draft receiver in the first round. Actually, I would hate it. But I I mean, from a, from a, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? For, from like a, uh, like from a non-biased perspective, just take away the fact that I'm a Bears fan for a second. It would make so much goddamn sense for them to go receiver, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming back. I feel like he has to have some say at least this once, <laughs> just this one draft class. Can he have some say? And I feel like he's really going to force their hand and basically make them take receiver. Again, I would not be surprised if they just absolutely passed on this guy and go with some other position like a Devontae Wyatt or something to pair with Kenny Clark. But, I mean, just make the, do the smart thing. Give, give your quarterback weapons. This would be a great pick for him, and it makes a whole lot of sense on paper. Again, not sure they're going to do it because they refuse to draft first-round receivers ever. Uh, but I think Aaron Rodgers is really going to force their hand here, as sad as it is from a Bears fan perspective. Number 23, the Arizona Cardinals going Johan Dotson. I really don't like this. I think this is way too early for him. I think there's a lot of other guys I'd rather have here. I think I'd rather have guys like Sky Moore, maybe even Alec Pierce. I think George Pickens is better. Um, but from a fit standpoint, I, it does make sense. They need a guy to replace Christian Kirk um, and to pair with DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore. I get that from that end. He's just a little bit too small for me. And from a scheme standpoint, it makes sense because of how college style the Arizona Cardinals offense is, how they like to spread everything and get a ton of receivers on the field at the same time. And Dotson can separate from guys. Um, he's pretty quick. Uh, he just can't really take the top off of defense like Christian Kirk could. And again, I think Sky Moore is a little bit better of a pick here. But regardless, I, I get why they're doing it. 
Number 24, again, this is kind of a boring pick, not a sexy pick, but it, it does make a ton of sense. The Cowboys need offensive line help. They're going to go Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. Um, they lost Leal Collins. They lost Connor McGovern. Um, he has very, very high upside, Tyler Smith, that is. And so, I, I mean, again, not a sexy pick, but it makes a lot of sense on paper. Number 25, the Buffalo Bills go, whoa. Sorry if you can hear that. The Buffalo Bills go Quay Walker. Yeah, that's, I again, just kind of a, I don't know, just, he's versatile. He can move around Leslie Fazer's defense. I definitely get that. Um, but I, I don't love this pick here. I just don't really like the idea of linebacker for Buffalo. I think they can do a few other things. I'd really like them taking Kyler Gordon, maybe even another receiver here, because guys like Sky Moore, again, I'm going to keep saying Sky Moore. I fucking love that guy. Um, George Pickens, uh, one of those guys. I think that'd be an even better pick, especially with how loaded the AFC is and just offensive firepower. But regardless, it makes sense for Leslie Frazier. He's a combine star. He played very well at Georgia. And, you know, adding to that Buffalo Bills star-studded defense. Number 26, the Tennessee Titans go N'Kobe Dean, linebacker, out of Georgia. Um, I could almost see these guys being flipped, Quay and Nakobe, but Nakobe would fit very, very well in the Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, with that big-ass front in front of him, he would really have a lot of room to run around and fly around and make plays. Um, he wouldn't have to deal with as many blockers, and I really like him being paired with Mike Vrabel. I think that with this front seven, he would be... It'd be, again, it'd just be an excellent fit. This pick I really do like a lot, and it makes a whole lot of sense. I would love to see this happen for the Tennessee Titans. Number 27, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go Kyler Gordon. Again, just a pick that makes a lot of sense. Um, he, maybe I don't love him as much as some other people love him, um, and he did give up some bigger catches uh, on Washington, but I think that was more so just because they didn't want teams didn't even want to throw towards Trent McDuffie's side, so he got a lot more opportunities to be burned. Um, but regardless, I mean, it does make sense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've obviously have a very young cornerback group, but you can almost never not use more corners, and a lot of these guys are likely going to walk away soon. So getting an early replacement um, that some of your guys already there can coach this guy up. It makes a lot of sense, and I think Kyler Gordon, he's got a lot of tools. It's a great fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On uh, number 28, so this is where I actually mentioned this pick earlier. That's really funny. I didn't even know this is in it. This is where the Packers pick up Devontae Wyatt. Um, yeah, I mean, you could literally just send it and go for two wide receivers, which I don't think would be a bad pick at all. Again, Sky Moore still on the goddamn board. I love that guy. Um I think it'd be a great pick here. George Pickens still on the board in this scenario as well. Um, but Devontae Wyatt, I mean, just a very goddamn good defensive tackle. The best defensive tackle in this year's draft. Um, I spoiled that for next episode. I have watched this guy's film. He is ridiculous. Um, makes a lot of sense to pair him there with Kenny Clark, the rest of the defensive line. And they need to be able to stop the run games of these 49ers, of the Cowboys, of not that the Cowboys are really going to be serious contenders, I don't think, but you get my point. There's a lot of good running teams in the NFC, of the Rams even. Um, Devontae Wyatt would help him out a lot in that regard. And he can rush the passer a little bit too. Number 29, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking Travis Jones, defensive tackle out of Connecticut. Um I don't love this. Again, I still think they should go receiver, especially with the loss of uh, of motherfucking Tyreek Hill. Um, 
but Travis Jones, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't love it. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't love this pick. I love Travis Jones as a player. Don't get me wrong. He's extremely goddamn strong. Very good against the run. Um, but I just really think that Kansas City is going to do the Kansas City thing and just keep adding up on weapons and just continue to run a track meet down there. And then just rely on Steve Spagnuolo's just crazy confusing scheme and sometimes a little you know hit or miss but i think they're gonna let him do his thing and just keep going offensive weapons regardless it, it makes sense it does um but does it though i don't know either way well let's just move on <laughs> so kansas city would have the next pick in this but peter schrager actually has i don't know why i keep saying his name peter schrager i don't Schrags, i don't know has a trade going on here so Seattle Seahawks are going to trade up to pick 30 and this is important because this leaves them with that fifth year option on this player they're going to be taking Matt Corral so they could have taken him at the nine spot I actually mentioned his name there but they're going to let him fall all the way down to 30 and then make a move to trade up for him again this makes a lot of sense because um, there's a connection between I forget the exact connection but there was like a Pete Carroll I believe Matt Corral played at Long Beach Poly in California. Pete uh, Carroll was recruiting for USC and was always going to Long Beach Poly. There's something like that. I don't. I don't really remember the whole the whole story. Regardless, uh, there is a connection between these two teams. I wouldn't make this pick here. Um, but again, it's a better value than taking them at nine. Uh, so this way, they get Charles Cross. They're hopefully future left tackle and their future quarterback all the way down at 30 while still getting the fifth year option if he does play well enough um i don't love matt corral as a prospect i really am not as high on him as some other people like chris sims who's got him as the quarterback one which i think is completely ridiculous but regardless um they get their hopefully franchise quarterback here and it is a pick that makes sense number 31 and i cannot believe that this guy is still on the board because i fucking love this guy he's one of my favorite players in the draft and i really think he's worthy of a top 15 pick the Cincinnati Bengals are doing, going George Karloftis. Just a great value pick here. Even if they already have two pretty damn good edge defenders in uh, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, you can always use more. Uh, again, there's never a lack of pass rushers. And having those guys in front of them to coach them up who have pretty similar skill sets, I think would be a great fit for them. Number 32, this is a pick that really surprised me, but at the same time, it does make some sense. The Detroit Lions are taking Desmond Ritter, quarterback, out of Cincinnati. Again, this still being in the first round, it still gives them their fifth-year option. Um, Jared Goff doesn't really seem to be the guy in the future. I mean, he is for now, but Desmond Ritter's got all the fucking tools in the book. This Lions team is still technically in a rebuild. They're not going to be winning anytime soon. So why not give Desmond Ritter a shot, who's got some of the best tools out of any quarterback in this draft? And in my opinion, he's the second best prospect at the quarterback position. So that's going to be it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. This was a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Sorry, I got carried away in the mock draft a little bit, especially with that Kayvon Thibodeau discussion. But I just feel like it was really worth talking about. If you guys did enjoy this episode, please let me know by reaching out to me. Make sure to follow my Instagram at professional, professional sports talk. Share this with your friends and family. It would mean a whole lot. And Tune back in next week for my rankings on defensive tackles, safeties, interior offensive linemen. And I think that's about it. We'll come up with some new content to get with four. Whoa. I'll come up with some new content in the meantime to share with you guys. And yeah, that'll be it for this 
to oh my fucking god i can't speak that'll be it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in have a great day and peace out